Hollywood is on the air. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. We bring you this special radio-television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Boom, and we're live. Hey, everybody, uh, welcome to Funderated. Uh, I'm Paul, I'm here with Taylor, uh, as you... As you call um i've been struggling with how i open these podcasts so i'm gonna say welcome I to the podcast uh today today we're doing the the, the Just zombie go, hey movie. hey <laughs> uh we're doing the zombie movie uh 28 weeks later almost uh, a zombie the, uh, the, the sequel to uh the sequel to the, the first one which is 28 days later uh and which, which i roll... would call a a genre defining movie that's out yes. there I was gonna say the roll original. the trailer. Roll the trailer. I've been putting the trailer in all the, the in all the podcasts. Oh, that's like that's good. That's a that's a good idea. So I got uh, so the people that are listening know what I'm talking about. They're like, all right, you so- did. So you didn't fun fun little backstory. You did not watch 28 Days Later. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I did not. Okay, watch. hold on. Roll the trailer. Welcome to London. Well, I think that makes you the youngest person in the entire country. Oh, that's just so much. What are you afraid of? What if it comes back? It won't come back. What if it does? If it comes back, we kill it. If you come into direct contact with... The infected? Ah! What happened to It's mum. And we're back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to do like radio, weird radio shit. All right. But yeah, uh-huh. I didn't. Uh, 
stuff. Sorry, I've been out with the comics too much. Uh, let's clean up the way that I talk stuff. What? Radio stuff. Um, uh, I yeah, dude. Uh, I did not watch Twenty Eight Days Later. Uh, Have you I'd ever seen, seen it previously? It? Yeah, Good. I'd seen it previously. Uh, I'd actually seen it a couple of times, so I kind of knew the general like gist of it. Oh um, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd been a few years since I've seen it. Um, we talking like two thousand four? Was the last time you saw it? No. When you say, when you say a few, do you mean twenty? No, 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 not that. Okay. Many, but, um, I saw it kind of when it first came out, right in that time, and then I saw it. Uh, I worked for a guy. I worked for a guy with autism that like loved horror movies, uh-huh. and. <laughs> what would happen is I'd go to his house, he would turn on whatever he wanted to watch. And I would basically like, I was, uh, I work with him. Like I'd make food for him and stuff, but like I had to get to his house at like seven in the morning. So I'd be mm-hmm. like super tired. And I'm like, he liked to watch horror movies. So this one day we're watching TV on the couch and I, it's like maybe like eight o'clock in the morning at this point, I fell asleep. So he turns on, I think it was 28 days later and he uh-huh. just juices the volume and doesn't tell me. That's great. Some kind of thing. And it's like some people screaming and I just wake up. Like, I think something crazy is going on. Yeah. And just shoot out. And then he just laughs at me. He's like, <laughs> I love it. I love him uh, already. Yeah. It was good. Good dude. Uh, very funny. Um, but yeah, I, I saw the movie. Uh, the original one that has, uh, what's his name? The scarecrow. Killian Murphy. I, I've yeah. been I've been a fan of his for a really long time. He was in a couple movies. Um, twenty eight weeks later, or twenty eight days later, of course, being the big one that I kn- knew him from first. And then he was in another movie called Sunshine, and that I think may have had the same composer for the soundtrack. But it it was terrific. It's such a fun movie. Um, has a very good cast. Chris Evans is in it, like young Chris Evans. Mark Strong is in it. It has all of these huge names. Rose Burns in it, my girl. And um, I think it I think it gets looked over a little bit, but very solid movie. So I was a huge fan of his. And going into the show, have you seen Peaky Blinders? Yeah. Um, I watched I was trying to watch it uh just recently because I ran out of shows to watch. Really? Um watch Gary Haji. Yeah, because I good rap. Uh, I was trying to I, I got through I think I got through the first season. Uh-huh. It's a cool show. I was I was enjoying it. I just kind of like I kind of watch it like casually, and I, I didn't really in, invest into it. Oh, uh, you I don't like put the costume Cillian on. Cillian Murphy. Yeah, I like the Cillian Murphy. I like the uh, I like the world, like that kind of like industrial age London. Yeah. Um, I like their accents. Like that's like a fun. They did such a good job uh, with the accents. I yeah, liked every. So I, I liked everything about, and I watched like two and a half seasons or something. I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. And I'm like, this is great. This is great. I love Cillian Killian Murphy. Um, I loved all of the, like watching everybody together. I thought the acting was really good. It was really fun, you know? And at the end of the day, all I kept thinking was one day they're going to write these characters in a likable way one day I'm going to root for these characters. And every time something bad happened to them, I was like, they sure, sure did earn that. They're they're just mm-hmm. a bunch of jerks. And they like, I guess it, the real people were like criminals and it's supposed to be mildly accurate. So, you know, of course you're not going to root for them. But every single time anything bad happened, 
they were just like, no, we're justified in this because of like family or something. And I was like, you, you mm. can't just be a jerk. Like you, that's, you, you can't just be a jerk. And if you're writing a jerk, you need to make them lovable in some way, you know? Um, and they just weren't, uh, there was no sense of, sense of suspense because the main character was always just a, a t- oh, 200 steps ahead of everybody. And it would be one of those conversations that you saw in like Westworld where you have somebody who's obviously written to be the smartest person. So there's just nothing that can stand up against that in, in these universes. And it's like he would enter a room and the other person would be doing like the freaking anime villain, the cartoon villain thing where he's like, ha I have the upper hand and Tommy killing Cillian Murphy's character would be like, uh, no, but you don't understand. I have the upper hand. And they'd be like, no, I have the upper hand. And Tommy Shelby would be like, but I have the upper hand. And they'd be like, darn, you have the upper hand. And that, and that was it. And that was the scene. And then Tommy would go be a jerk to somebody, you know, beat somebody up for some reason. And at the end of the episode, they'd be like, family's all that matters. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess so. You don't really have any ethics or morals or likability outside of your, your family bond. So I couldn't deal with it. There was no suspense. Yeah, there was it, no... Um, it's kind of. I, I found it to be honest. I found it kind of boring. It would cut to Sam Neill's character, and he's, he's great. Like, We're though. gonna try to catch him. He got. He's got those guns. We're gonna get the guns, and then yeah. they just like they come back to Silly Murphy, and they're like, "We hid the gun. You're never gonna get the guns." And then the girl. They they bring in like a girl spy and Grace? Sam Neill's like we're gonna get we're gonna get him with the girl and then uh, Silly Murphy's like no you're not because I'm gonna hook up with her and then they you know they start seeing each other you know like romantically and then she uh-huh. just kind of like forgets all about the mission and then I uh-huh. kind of gave up I just was like this is boring um, yeah it, it, it they're all kind of more of a gone yeah i think i think it honestly i think a lot of the reason why people would watch it because it was it has like a very high like cool factor like oh i'm gonna wear 100 percent my news yeah. my newsy hat with the razor blade and then i'm gonna like let a guy yeah. like people that i know like that show or like hipster people that like like they get the haircut and they kind of like wear sacramento mm-hmm. where i'm where i'm from that show is big with the hipster community I mean, like, really? oh, I get the mustache and get the old school, like, whiskey, and then I'm going to go get my haircut with the weird, like, fade thing. Where it, uh, uh. Even now? Is that Anyways. thing? In, it, that's not a thing now. No, no, right? no, no. That was like now. a thing I mean, in like, 2010. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when the show was hot. Yeah. Still, when the show still was carrying hot, that torch. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going like to go watch big. Mad Men, then Peaky Blinders, and then put more pomade in my hair. Right. Yeah. But I think I blame that show for kind of like the beard resurgence thing with all the the trimmings and the like. It was like where it was like cool and masculine to be like well groomed, which I mean, it kind of it should be. But yeah, I was in that that. show. um, Yeah, I think that show is definitely part of that. Uh, It it is cool. Like watching them fight and stuff is it's a cool show. And like the music and stuff, they do a good job. But that's kind of all that it is. Like that's kind of what the pitch would be. He's like, what if I, you know, what if there's like a cool show? Just they just do cool things in a cool world, and they're just cool. Yeah. Like all right. And they're jerks. Hey, I'm gonna just yeah, but they're cool jerks. jerks. And you like you want to be yeah, and you want to be around like the cool. They're just like a cool guy. It's like that you're bully, but he's like he's like cool at the school and you kind of want to be in his crew. So you like, you let him bully you a little bit and you're like, this is not good. <laughs> I mean, I know it's, I know it's toxic. I know it shouldn't be like, anybody. I want, I want in so bad that I just let him, 
<laughs> I just let him do would it. You, would so. you do the facial hair grooming? That's a question. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I, I'm a huge Killian Murphy fan. Um, and... Forgot though that 20 Days Later opens with him like naked. They're just like boom. But then for whatever reason in the apocalypse, they decide to put over like a little piece of paper over his over his groin, like at the Do very they? beginning of the movie. Yeah, I can't it's like, remember that. He's, he... Yeah, he wakes up. It's just like it's kind of like Resident Evil because I remember I think 28 Days Later came out around the same time the Resident Evil movie came out, and yeah. it has kind of like a similar. It has a kind of a similar beginning where it's like. Uh, main character wakes up and they're in a sort of how the walking dead opens it's like that seems to be a kind of like a zombie trope where they like they wake up in a hospital it's a very cool it's a cool way of uh having a character navigate a story because the world changes so it's effectively the same thing Mm -hmm. as entering a new world because he was yeah you know he was out for a month or whatever and he was like ah I'll wake up from my bike accident and take the tube. And it's like, oh, well, no, that that doesn't exist anymore. So money doesn't exist anymore, um, which is one of the reasons. So it's kind of like backstory leading up to 28 weeks later. You have this uh, you have this movie that it just totally popularized fast zombies. Right. And I'm going to call them zombies. I know they're not zombies. I know. It's the rage virus, and it's supposed to be like the but embodiment kind of, of all zombies, this. Though. They're, they're oh zombies. yeah, yeah. That's why I I'm calling them zombies. zombies. Yeah, yeah. They're zombies. I'm call- they're that's zombies. why I'm calling them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. We can die on that hill together. <laughs> um, so it did such a good job with its storytelling, and that's what really the score was terrific. All of the shots were very good, very creatively shot. The acting was good you felt very scared for a lot of the movie. And normally you don't feel that in a zombie movie. Normally, because when you, when you picture yourself in that situation, you're like, Oh, I'll just walk a little bit faster. Okay. Cause I could probably still, still get, get over this crowd. I could still probably get past them in a wheelchair. And um, this was the first one that made it super scary. All of the, all of the stunt performers, did a great job that scene in the church and and the military was an interesting angle i guess it was a little weird but i I still went with it so you finish that movie and then you get into this one and this is kind of i like this movie for the same reason that i like quantum of solace and that's uh why i was you know so excited to do this because it's such a good next step to the story it's such a good, like, you don't want to see, I think his name is Jim, um, in the first movie. You don't necessarily want to see him in that little shack with with um, whoever the characters were. Someone was named Penny, I think. And um, you want to see the world rebuild. So at the end of the first one, zombies are dying out because of starvation, which uh, is covered in the book uh, Zombie Survival Guide which everybody should read. You have this really, really good world established, this interesting type of virus established, and you have the world crumbled already, you know? Um, but it wasn't like this is new life. It was more like an event. So that's, that's kind of a cool take on zombies, is that it was like, okay, well, it ran its course. It couldn't happen forever because obviously somebody's going to do something about it. Like, this isn't just like you wake up and it's like, oh, 95% of the population are zombies and we have to live in that world. It it was 
okay, this this uh, this ended. This event ended, and now we're trying. Yeah, to I uh, from what I got of watching just the sequel, it was like there was a finite amount of time associated with the zombie apocalypse. So that way, eight weeks maybe it was going to end at a certain point. Yeah, it was going to end at a certain point. Whereas, like, they're not all cured at the twenty-eight weeks, but we're it's you know we've made some significant progress. Because I was trying to think of like what fifty-two weeks was, and I was like, oh, that's my dumb brain was like, oh, that's like a month. (laughs) 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 uh, And I'm like, no, 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 that's like no, that's like half a year. That's like like two months. That's like two and a half months. that's like a significant amount of time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it's not like The Walking Dead or whatever, where it's just like just goes on perpetually because right. the zombies right. can just live forever and ever and ever, even if they're like, you know, parts of their brain have been taken off or like, you know, dismemberment or whatever, like just walking. There's no. I, I thought this was much more realistic in that sense, where it's like, yes. yeah, like yes. we are. We are going to, you know, eventually they're going to run out of stuff and they just can't, you know, it's not going to get everybody. Well, just starve so, to death, you know, and I like that yeah. they didn't break down the physiology of, of the zombies. Uh, I thought that was good. And I like that they aren't traditional zombies. Let's rewind to where we were at just a second ago. Um, we were talking about the, 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 the zombies being able to run and like not being yeah. able to explain like the physiology behind that, which I also thought was really cool because, yeah, you're right it makes them a lot more terrifying because you're like, not only are you getting chased down by human beings, you know, one thing I noticed is that they were all skinny. They're all, all the zombies were skinny. There was not, yep. there was not like a single like fat zombie that was like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No bloaters. Nothing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there should have been like one, like one, there's gotta be like one. If that they happened in America, then, they were just chilling. Why out. is that? Why would the, <laughs> there's no Easy, like drive through that gets attacked set on food no. <laughs> um uh but yeah i i guess i didn't really notice that either but um it was also made you know this was made like 15 years ago so it's really <laughs> it's really cool and i do recommend that most people read zombie survival Gu- survival guide if you're even kind of into zombies i know that this you know this fire is sort of burned out but it's still an interesting concept. Like it's a very fun concept. So they break everything down. And I know a lot of people who talk about zombies also bring this up where it's like, well, you're talking about a corpse, right? And if you think about muscle and how you build that, you're just constantly destroying your muscles. When you walk, you're tearing your muscles, right? And then it rebuilds. And that's why you get sore from you know whatever acid or whatever uh as the muscle builds itself so zombies don't really work because they're not rebuilding themselves so let's say they walk a mile they're just done to done walking and then they start crawling and it's you know it's it's cool if you avoid talking about how zombies work and just look at them as an entity like a scary monster so I think this works really well in that regards, not having them be undead. And I don't think anybody, because there are a lot of dead bodies in this and the first one, and I don't think anybody reanimates. I don't think that's part of the movie, uh, like the, the universe of the movie. So that's really cool. 
So they have all these unique takes and they start out. So conceptually as, as a second step, I really like the rebuilding aspect that that's such a unique take on, um, on in the genre. I think that it just makes it, it's such a, it's such an interesting concept period. You normally don't see, Oh, there was an apocalypse, right? And normally post-apocalypse is like, let's all get our spiked bats and leather jackets. Uh, and you know start using you know seashells as currency but this one was like oh we're in a because this movie is technically post-apocalyptic let's rebuild you know let's there is hope for humanity so that's really really cool now um let's go into the opening what were your thoughts on the opening Oh, uh, I had kind of forgotten, like, so I hadn't seen the first one in forever. So I no, 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 28 like, weeks later, 28 weeks later. Right, right, right. Uh, I, so I hadn't seen, like, again, like I hadn't seen the first one in a minute. So I just kind of forgot about like the world. Right. So the, I really yeah. liked the opening because the opening kind of felt like normal. They were like, they're sitting around, they're eating mm-hmm. and it had this kind of like feeling of normalcy, which I kind of liked because yeah. I, it's kind of, I think the movie one of the things I really like about this movie is I, I felt like tonally it was really good. Like it really gave you this like sense of like dread. Like there was just like this, you could kind of really feel. And I think it helped like going through COVID, like COVID, like I think helped age this movie even better. I think that this oh, movie okay. aged incredibly well because of COVID uh, or the, the, the pandemic or wherever we're supposed to say that. Um, I think you can say pretty much whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? Not anymore. Um, the, the the virus of unknown origin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the the, the vi- yeah the corona the, the virus and the and the pandemic stuff like they uh, I because I I relate to it more now and I I related to the mm. opening scene of them like sitting around going like playing Scrabble or whatever they were doing or they you know, like about to sit down and have like a family meal. And things yeah. that like tensions are high because they're kind of like tired of seeing each other. They're tired of being cooped up. And yeah. uh, one of the things I didn't really understand, and maybe you can explain this, that like why they had to keep all the windows closed. Like they couldn't let any light in, which I thought was interesting. I was like, why is like what's just the deal with that? Um, I but I I did. Um, I'm sorry. I I did know. Uh, like as soon as they you know a little kid knocks on the door and doomsday i just right there yeah you're just like okay like uh, you would have thought though that like we wouldn't have as because what i liked about this movie and and i liked and it kind of kept this like theme is that there are people that they have not gotten yet they're they're not into the quarantine yet not everybody's in a not everybody's in a thing they're trying to like kind of do it on their own and i kind of like that i thought that that was kind of a cool there are people still out there just kind of surviving um yeah i i mean the the opening takes place at uh uh at the same time as 28 days later uh, okay. about the same so then that makes more sense okay yeah because like later in the movie I, I had some gripes with so um but yeah like so that means that they still have food it's only it's only about a month out so we still haven't ran into toilet paper yet <laughs> we're still doing great right <laughs> things are okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh so it, it just uh i but i liked i really liked the beginning it really set the pace of uh, for for what 
was going on in that movie you know in like the sympathy of like oh yeah we should let a little kid in and maybe his parents are you know zombies already like maybe we should you know and and i do think i liked the sort of inner turmoil the characters had we're like what are you doing why are we letting these people in we don't owe them yeah. anything because you saw that you saw that during COVID. you saw people act like that they're like this is all mine yeah like, I, yeah. I got you know um so I, I that seemed really realistic and once they had that uh you know all it took was that one woman kind of like looking out the window though for it to like the zombie to like break the window i guess that was the that part i didn't really latch on to but i kind of i liked it i also liked how like manic it got so quickly yeah that like you would be so afraid of this that you would leave behind your loved ones and you would just be like all right i, I gotta go I, I, I gotta i can't yeah. i'm sorry i have to it's either two of us survive or we all die like that's really like the and the decision making that you'd have to make would be um so critical because you have seconds to choose right uh but yeah i i actually really liked it it got me super into the movie the beginning of the movie like i i was like hooked like right away it, it might it might be the strongest or the second strongest scene in the movie it's such a good intro um as far as the light goes mm -hmm. i think that was just them kind of playing with the concept that you think it's um you think it's nighttime and it's stark daytime and that's kind of a little surprise which is cool um not enough scary th scenes i think uh take place in daylight mm. which is why i like midsummer uh conceptually so much but you have this um you have this scene where you have the typical things that are at play in any kind of survival movie right do we help people that's a big one and do we let this kid in and um what, how do we protect people? What level of isolation is enough to save us? Because all those people have got, like, have been brought in that house together, and they're obviously not family, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Both in how they act and just the the overall dynamic of the situation. It, it doesn't really make it seem like it's a, a family situation. I agree with how manic it got, how quickly. I love that. And I think that Robert Carlyle's character is really, really disparaged a lot. Um, I don't necessarily agree. And this, I haven't seen this in a while, but you see people characterized as villas, villains based on cowardice um, a lot. And I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, just because I think that's a very natural reaction. I think self-preservation is a very natural thing. Um, and if you contextualize it further, I think that his reaction isn't that, I mean, one, outrageous, and two, lamentable. Because you find out, oh, he's got a family. And if you look at his actions within just that house, I think he did about as good a job as he could have trying to save people. He didn't push his wife down, right? Mm -hmm. He he didn't he didn't say, "Nah, you can't get on the boat." Go and then push the person over. He wasn't like mm -hmm. villainous. He was just trying to escape. And then you find out, "Oh, he has two kids he has to get back to." Okay. Mm -hmm. He's not just saying, I've got to go, you know, 
I've got to go live my life on my hill with my gold and and you know hoard and and survive alone. He's 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 got a family, um, and and unfortunately, big part of the plot is is his uh the friction with his kids and them saying you saw her die right. Which uh if I'm Robert Carlyle's character getting away from a house that's just been attacked by a whole bunch of zombies and I see my wife get tackled in a mirror or in a window I'm saying I saw her die like I'm not Mm. saying well you know there's a chance kids like oh your mom could still be out there somewhere like no I saw her get attacked by a hundred zombies as they were attacking this house that was like best case scenario Best case scenario, she's dead. Like I don't see, I don't see a world where she lives. Yeah, like especially given the way that they attack you, it's like you're just torn to shreds. Like they just because they go, they go with the teeth too. So it's like you're infected or whatever they do to you. Because that was one of the things that struck me at the movie about was like how violent it was. I was like, oh wow, they do not pull punches in this movie. Like all right, they're just gonna shred through them. Okay, cool. Like I was, it wasn't cartoony. I just kind of. Yeah, it felt real. Like, I was like, okay, so yeah, I agree with you. It's like, she's 100% dead. And like, yeah. I, not to, I, I don't think like, I don't think he's a villain at all. Because in, the, in that movie, like, he's not a superhero. You're not looking at like The Rock or like Vin Diesel. Like, he's just a dude. Like, he's just a regular, regular guy. Not, he's not muscly. He's not anything. It's like, what are you, what are you going to do against four zombies at once with no weapons? Like, they're yeah. pretty, like, the movie makes it pretty clear that they're pretty invincible. Like once yeah. the like, once the virus is sort of taken over, um, yeah, it just what is what are your choices? Like what it, it's really between like a rock and a hard place. You're like save who you can because yeah. it's just like this unstoppable wave that you're not really going to be able to, you know, in a in a lesser movie, they would have casted somebody like The Rock or vin diesel or sylvester stallone and like i recently watched uh pitch black uh again <laughs> that is that didn't age well because i was yeah i was thinking about pitching that as like an underrated movie because i really like it but that movie is, it was rough but there's a scene in that where like at some point riddick just disappears he gets like taken by like the aliens on the planet and then he comes uh-huh. back and you're like how did you survive? And they're like, oh, because I'm cool. Like, and that's basically. Like, <laughs> that would be would be such a good lie. Like, if he said, I, I guess I, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just cool. Uh, but if he did, that would be so unrealistic in this world. If they're yeah. like, <laughs> if that happened, and then the character just disappeared. He comes back like five minutes later, and like where it does kind of happen with with uh, Robert Carlyle's character when he's uh, kind of stalking his his kids. He Uh, he I'll talk to you about that in a later moment, but yeah, I I didn't like that. I was not a fan of his like uh, um, that. That's in my zeros part of the movie, but yeah, yeah. um, But uh, that 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 particular character though would just be like if you're gonna disappear and you come back like it's not an action movie it's a horror movie you're not gonna he's not gonna come out on top you know so, sure because you're supposed to relate to that like what I really thought was especially as a person who's you know 
gone through like a divorce and had some tumultuous relationships and stuff like the idea of like losing somebody especially like a loved one like your wife because you don't really have a choice you're like i guess she's dead i mean i can't save her and it's like think about like what he's going through um and so i just thought like that's like you're running for your life you don't want her to die but you're also like i can't be a zombie i can't what are we gonna i it'd be such a i that's what i liked about it i liked that it operated in that sort of gray area that's what like made me invest into the movie because i was like yeah oh this is actually interesting like they're not just gonna die and just disappear which the movie does get less interesting as it keeps going but yeah like they're the character start, the movie starts off incredibly strong and so yeah. i i thought that yeah that that character i think he made the right choice it's like you just you're trying to live you're trying yeah. to survive and i think in that case too we, they don't explain how the kids um how you got separated from the kids i think uh, they were away at like camp or school or something like that okay that makes more sense because if you say it's like the if it takes place they were on the holiday later, or something timeline yeah they're in they're at bible camp or something yeah um but yeah i that, that it's, a, it's, a, but yeah. it's a very strong intro um mm-hmm. and something that it illustrates is uh w- with how frenetic everything is in the movie uh post zombie attack like post infection it does a really really good job of showing you how frail everything is just yeah. how rapidly everything can can kind of crumble and it almost justifies the weird, um, just extreme measures that people take to protect themselves. So, like, all of the windows are boarded up. And it's like, okay, well, that's why. Because the first time we let somebody in, we everybody died. Um, right. The one time and- we felt empathy... Then yeah. everybody dies, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's a very interesting way of uh, exploring that because it it wasn't normally what you'll see in in like a Walking Dead or a um, you know Night of the Living Dead, something like that. Normally, somebody does something stupid, like outright mm-hmm. stupid, and this is just like, oh, there's a kid at the door, we have to save him, and there's no. They don't hold like a meeting about it. They're not like, oh, well, but who are we if we are not human? Like, how can we not save the generation of tomorrow? It's just like, no, I got to like, we go. No, he has to come in right now or he's dead. And then they just do that. And then it's like, oh, well, that was the wrong decision. Okay, well, now we got to do this and we got to do this. And it's very cool. And then, oh, God, Robert Carlyle's acting is so good in this. And he's all he's always a very good actor. He's always. um I would put him up there for me, at least, with Ray Liotta, where it's like somebody I wouldn't want to meet. Like, I don't want to meet Robert Carlyle because he's very intimidating to me, and I feel like he's a very loose cannon type of a human being. Um, <laughs> which is how the, I feel uh, about Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. It's, it's not like a... Not like, a, like I want to cast him in the same roles, but <laughs> they're... Or the you know the same commercials, but they're very uh, they're very frightening to me in in a way, and I think it was very well cast. Uh, a lot of complexity to. Hmm? Sorry, I was gonna make a joke. I said I would cast Robert Carlyle in like a before and after for like uh, like Invisalign. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, he's got teeth. They're like, shing, shing, shing. That that's that's very true. Uh, uh, but, but he's that, just British that, in a lot of the eyes. The uh, but that look of panic on his face as he's leaving, and it's really. I don't know. I just think he does a great job selling it. I think he does a great job, like not knowing what's going on and not putting a whole lot of thought into it, but just reacting. And then it goes into this just very cool, like it's a cool reintroduction to the city, to civilization from the, from the kid's perspective. And then, you know, well, you, can you... we, can we really like, uh, just take a pause for a quick second. And yeah. I really want to talk about like, um, the character that you're talking about, like, they do a very good job at the beginning of establishing um, that he has PTSD. And what I liked about mm. that is like, he's having, he, it's not only that he like ran for his life. He's like regrets that decision. And he like sees his wife and like, they do a very good job in the movie with the editing of like uh-huh. cutting to shots of her where she's either like, oh, yeah. certain, and they just like, and I think that there's even like maybe a shot where he thinks he like sees her and she's not there or something like she walked like a woman walks by and he thinks it's his wife but yeah like they do a very good job of like visually capturing his ptsd and his like mental yeah. headspace and like and and i was gonna say like i think the movie gets significantly less interesting when when it stops being a character study of that guy like it was an interesting mm-hmm. movie as a character study of this guy surviving the apocalypse and once they introduce like jeremy renner and like idris alba and like the military and like quarantine very zone. strong cast by the way yeah like, look at looking at it from like now a, yeah it just takes like a quick turn to a whole nother movie and it, i i really thought it became like less interesting um because it, be, it just became more of just like a resident evil league kind of zombie movie but yeah they would call it back occasionally and i think one of the strongest scenes in the movie and i, and I would put this in my one of my favorite scenes of the film was the scene where they find the the mom comes back and he visits the mom in the in the in the quarantine room. I don't know, yeah. I, I don't know what kind of protocols they're you know they're doing. Well, he was like head of security, remember? With his crazy. Uh, okay, I was like, kind of like willy nilly, just walks in there and he's like, um, and yeah, then I he, also he was like, he was top dog. He shows it to his kids. Uh, he at, he like uses his badge and everything. Right. Stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and he just walks in, and, and what I thought again more to like the character study of it, and like the more the like his PTSD, and he like, there she is, there's the woman that I abandoned, that I loved, that I've been seeing, you know, like in my dreams, and I've been having hallucinations of. She's right here. She survived. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a bad person. And he's like, yeah. and he takes her hand, and he like he kisses her, and like. It seems really gross. It's like he's like watching him like make out with like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> like it's just it's mm. nasty. Like, uh, and then I I also liked it that that's how I felt that was really realistic. That that's how the virus spreads to him. That it was oh, it's so freaking cool. Like a so mouth to mouth thing that I thought was I really liked that. It seemed really realistic. Um, the only other way I could maybe think of it of would be. The last example would have been like The Last of Us. Toilet pa- or uh, toilet seat. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. Like you pick it up off toilet. of the toilet seat. <laughs> so, so leading, so leading up to that, leading up to that scene, I thought was very cool. I thought reintroducing the world, uh, learning about the safety protocols, um, 
and then them breaking out on their own, Jeremy Renner watching them, them seeing uh, where the kids go. You have it, what in my mind is the scariest moment of the scene, which is where they go to the attic and the mom's been living there. And yeah. the way that she crawls forward is so inhuman that it's terrifying. Like it is truly. Yeah. Truly I love that scene. That scene really was creepy. And I, and I liked it because the kid hugs her and she, and you're not sure if she's infected or not. So yeah, you're not yeah, yeah. like, you're really on edge with like, it's got a lot of like, like it's got, there's this, so like, much. Yeah, like, yeah. There's so much she tension surrounding like, the mother. Mm-hmm. And then she's just like, you're hurting regard. me. And you're like, oh, even the hug, like she doesn't know how to hug him properly. And like, that's yeah. even kind of unnerving. Well, right? can you imagine what her mind is doing Yeah. at that point? Like she's, she's got to be fully broken. Very good casting. Cause she had a good angry face. Like she's, she plays the, the best like woman scorned. I think I've ever seen. I, you don't often see somebody where you look at them and you're like, I don't want her to be disappointed in me because that is scary. Mm. And that's, that's hundred percent her. Um, so they bring her back. Then you, and this is the bad thing or the, well, it's not the bad thing because they do so many interesting things. And then they just make a, you know, a bigger budget. But the first half of the movie is so, so strong that I still put this up mm-hmm. in like, upper echelon of of zombie movies because it's like on its own you can view it and as a sequel you can especially view it but that first half is so freaking strong and the rest of it is Mm -hmm. unique enough they capture different feelings really well claustrophobia um tension uh like regret guilt um that i i think it's still pretty strong i wish they had spent i know we go over this normally later but i wish we had spent more time meeting the world again learning more about safety protocols learning more about how people are actually doing in the world instead of just like well it's been a day and now we're uh, the kids are in the city um Mm -hmm. i wish it had been like let's see them try to go to school or let's see them have a normal day in this very cool part of the city that's safe um, so that, I, I think that was a bit of a missed opportunity, but you know, you need to, you need to have some flash in a movie to, to sell stuff. And this is still a zombie movie. You could make it now. Like if they made, um, I know the director really wanted to make 28 years later. Um, I don't know if it could still happen. I know I've also heard stuff about like a reboot of the series, which I think would be a mistake. Oh, they were going to, um, I don't know if it was years, but it, like I think it was months. Like it's just like a little bit months. Of a yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant months. Yeah, about to be twenty eight years later. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's something that I think now with the way movies are made, you could safely explore that opportunity. I think that mm-hmm. with you know very clear slots where things are like, okay, this is a blockbuster movie and this is an indie movie, and they can both succeed. I think that you could make a very interesting uh, 28 months later. But um, yeah, so it goes into it and like getting back up to up to the scene that you were talking about. It's interesting because the first time I saw this movie was in theaters and I was a kid and I was watching it and I I was like, man, 
the dad is terrified because he just got caught in his lie. And now when I'm older and I've, I've, you know, had more time and, and more perspective and, you know, perhaps I'm not as stupid, I guess. Um, looking at it, I'm like, oh, wow, he really doesn't know how to process this. He is dealing with, as you said, um, his PTSD. He is mm-hmm. dealing with a situation that was completely unfathomable to him. And he's trying to accept it. And that scene with him going into that room, how many times that freaking power dynamic shifts is so good. It's so, he goes into that room with his top-notch security clearance and she's strapped to a table. And that's a very physical representation of power. But she has all the power in that situation. And then she relinquishes that, that, power because it's not it's not a scene about power like i'm not saying she's intentionally like it's not like game of thrones going on in the in the quarantine zone it's um but like who you feel fear for i guess i should say and then all of a sudden you don't feel fear for him anymore you feel fear for her where you know he's attacking her and he 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 ends up killing her um and that's such a those shifts in those moments are very very well done and it's a very unique way of spreading the virus. Um, yeah. And then it kind of goes by the numbers. You have a lot of interesting scenes, though. Very well executed scenes. And yeah. even if it's not like the most innovative second half of a movie, it's still a very solid second half of a movie. With the exception of the helicopter scene. Are you talking about the helicopter scene with like he decapitates all the zombies with the like, and, like tilts the helicopter and cuts them all? That was the coolest, silly. most like video game, like metal scene in, in the, a like, movie that, that doesn't like, have any video game scenes. That was my only problem but, like, with it. That movie, that scene to me was like my like hell yes moment. It was like when like Ash grabs the shotgun and he like attaches uh-huh. it to his like. It's very much like in the vein of like a zombie type of, that's the type of scene where you're like, we're watching a zombie movie. Like that's, um, but the problem was nothing else. Was, nothing else was like that. It's <laughs> the only scene. It so didn't, stumped. that tone wasn't before and it didn't happen after it was for one drunken night. It was like the one night stand scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah. let's say you had had the, the Ash uh, <laughs> attaching the chainsaw to his hand, which I did watch uh, the Evil Dead trilogy recently. Uh, again, uh, what if that scene was in The Witch? What well, if they had this like, slow... There's chainsaws in the witch now? Like that, that, yeah. The time, at least, at least it for came this out of movie, nowhere like, to me. Well, at least for this movie, like the realisticness of there is a helicopter... There is people like chasing, like the witch would have been a huge jump because there's not even the technology. It would have been like almost like a, an extent. All right, I'll, I'll readdress this for you. It would have been like if all of a sudden the witch, he started like blowing fire out of his mouth, like like fireballs or started yeah. making like ball tops or something. And he's like, that would have been more like, what is, yeah. turn this into yeah. an action movie? And then he like attacks okay, the yeah. witch and he like, or somehow he figures out some kind of like witcher type thing where he can like make a sword and it's on fire. Uh-huh. Like it's some <laughs> kind of like the power of Catholic like Catholicism. He's able to do this. <laughs> like his faith builds 
that pulls out a sword and he's just like by the power of some fucking ancient god, god. yeah <laughs> so so yeah yeah that was be that was um much more apt if like somebody blew fire out of their mouth or something yeah that's mm-hmm. true but it still just felt so out of place to me um <laughs> love that they got the guy um in uh what was his name in lost michael he played michael oh, I didn't know. yeah 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 great like great i actor. like that the actor is good at, he's a good actor but yeah that, that, i, I thought killed my, it in this movie for me not seeing the previous 28 days later um recently what i got out of that uh, immediately like i uh, what i got out of the blade scene with the helicopters was that that was like them doing their like hat tip to a george r romero type zombie movie because those type yeah. of moments would happen very much so in those type of movies where like could have just you know, had a the poster guns and the grenades and like could've yeah that, there's other ways like i i agree with you now that you you've <laughs> built a very strong case for it because i was just like I had a very much like a dad moment of like, yeah, like <laughs> that's good though. <laughs> that's good. Like, um, if, if they can, I, I, that was very much like a popcorn moment for me, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. I and if you like, I'm not gonna freaking disparage you for for enjoying a scene in the movie. It's uh, that's good. <laughs> I I just wish they had gone one way or another and included like a couple other scenes like that or a couple fewer scenes like that. You know, like a, a, an easy way for them to do that is to have a guy with a minigun during the initial outbreak and just walking around with a mini because that's a ridiculous weapon to have in mm-hmm. a movie. Um, I guess they do have flamethrowers because like in a movie with really good, subdued, powerful imagery, I don't necessarily know that the helicopter thing really I guess maybe well, yeah, it's like everything else, everything else made sense in a very logical sense, right? So like they can't figure out who's infected, so they start shooting everybody. Okay, they're yeah. like, we can't stop the stampede of everybody who's infected. We're gonna run out of ammo. It's like this is what we're gonna do. We're just gonna nuke. We're just gonna firebomb the city, right? All yeah. those are very the escalation. What I what I did like about this movie is I did like the escalation. Seemed very realistic. It yeah. seemed like okay, there's not many steps we could do. Here's here's Plan C start there and we're going to upgrade to delta con two then we're going to do delta con five and like that's going to be we're going to blow the city because yeah we really have no other options right at this moment and we just recovered from this garbage so we're gonna have to do, we're here we go again like it had kind of this moment especially from like edris alba's character of like here we go again if we don't take care of this now we're gonna have a whole nother yeah another pandemic again so like very that cool kind of, yeah um, and, and from that perspective of the audience, you kind of feel that you kind of feel like, oh, there's the possibility we could go back to the way that it was. So we yeah. better we better get this fixed. Right. Yeah. Um, so to see the helicopter scene do that, it did. It did kind of throw this like comic book moment into a movie where like the escalation was pretty realistic. Like yeah. there was like most of the actions seem like a pretty realistic thing that you'd see that would probably happen in real life. if This was a real life occurrence, right? Yeah. Um, to have the helicopter thing, it just was, it was very like walking dead kind of moment. Like you like yeah. the same thing with like a scene like that fits very well into with the character of like Michonne where she's got swords and she's carrying around, you know, like mm-hmm. zombies cause they could smell. It just fit. It felt very comic booky. I was there for it, but you're right. It did. It was like, 
very out of place world building wise. It just didn't yeah. feel like uh, for me. I I don't know why I didn't have a lot invested in as far as like the world building goes. Cause it, yeah, everything else realistic wise, like the boat scene at the beginning is so realistic that the zombies can swim and they're grabbing his legs and stuff. And then there's like a panic moment. And then you see a scene like that later in the movie. And you're like, they seem like they should be in two different films. Like they are yeah. supposed to be <laughs> like, they really do look like they're like, these are two different, it's like two different flavors of types of zombies. Um, but I, again, it was kind of fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I, it, I, and I, it's I can, good that it's fun. Yeah. I, I can fix the movie, you know, like out of all the scenes in the movie, that probably was the one movie where I would describe it as like as a viewer where there was like joy because most of the movie is pretty like it's got this kind of like Nietzschean like dark depressingness to it where it's like we're oh, not, it's we're not huge getting, we're not getting out like yeah we were not getting out like there was like yeah and it kind of had this one that that moment at the helicopter is the one moment with like gravity where you're like oh cool like there's like yeah, yeah like we can escape maybe if we're a little creative and like a little unrealistic yeah that, i mean that's a very good point because because it is a, very much it's a very big downer of a movie and mm-hmm. you know i i kind of like that in this situation because you know at the beginning you have this uh you have the relationship between the father and his children and they are excited they have like this childlike excitement about the future of possibilities and the dad knowing you know what's been lost and how fragile everything is and obviously he has an intimate understanding of that both anecdotally and professionally so it's it's a very good point that it, it it's a very dour film. It's a very, <laughs> um, it's a doomsday film, you know, the yeah, world ended. But it, does, it provides a, a moment of silliness, but it's also kind of joyous at the same time. It's kind of, the, it's the one part of the movie where you kind of have like a hurrah like moment where there's like uh-huh. a victory. Cause for the most part, yeah. they're losing about 90% of the time. Like, well, it's, it's it, about like, running. That, it's, it's yeah. a movie about running and that's what's, um, that's something that's very cool is there's no like, okay, let's hole up here. Let's try to, let's try to rebuild. Like rebuilding isn't on the menu anywhere Mm. in the movie. It is up until the end credits. It is just escaping. And that's really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. When you finally like, you know, it's this tidal wave that's chasing you this entire movie. And that's the first time you see somebody put a barricade in front of it and say like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we, we can, we can do this. Um, so sure. Yeah. I can see that. Absolutely. Um, but I can let's fix go. the movie, man. Like mm. there's, there's, there's ways I can <laughs> fix the movie. So I, I, I want to go through, um, I want to lay out my zeros for you. Cause I think you'll agree with most of them. Okay. Um, yeah. so like, I kind of, uh, I kind of wanted to go through the movie, like walk through the movie a little bit. Uh, do you have, you have, your own, short... you have zeros too? No, I mean I want to walk through how the movie progresses and going through going okay. through kind of the plot. Um, well, why don't we start? Uh, why don't we start yeah. where the um, since we already talked about the the the, the beginning, right? So the uh, dad gets the power, which I had no idea how he got that badge and how he like came up in power so so quickly. Well, <laughs> it's was like, the man, thing is, he it's a good great. resume. It was uh, like you see his skills. I think it totally makes sense for him because he's his mind 
works in such a way that is appropriate for that situation. Like he was able Mm -hmm. to leave his wife behind in order for him to see his children. So I think he's automatically geared in a, no, don't let the kid in. No, close the city walls. No, bomb the city. It's not like... Oh, so you're saying he's already like mentally has that like block where it's like the empathy is kind of turned off or turned uh, Well, it's not, it's not like, let's not say it's empathy being turned off because he did try to save multiple people and he does care about his kids. Um, mm-hmm. And I think him telling him further, let's call it a lie because I think that's what they wrote it. Uh, like that was the intent and that kind of fleshes out his character. Let's say yeah. that uh, it's this big lie and he secretly knows his wife is alive somehow. Uh, I still think that that lie is told to protect his children, to keep them from going and looking for them. So I yeah. think that he has a very utilitarian mind. I think he's a survivalist just by nature. And I think that it would make sense if he is one of the first survivors that's able to flee to a good place that he could he with his personality and his experience could make that happen. I think he could become an integral part of, of society with that personality. Huh. Yeah. I, I liked uh, the movie where they, they get the kids and the kids kind of like, uh, when I watched that, I read it as like, man, they got upgraded. Like their life's got like upgraded to this like swank hotel. Now they're going to probably live. did. Although they and were being sent like off cool. to boarding school or camp, so you don't know. So they probably have well money either way, right? Who knows? Yeah, but that like with the kids, like I was trying to think of like while I was watching, I was like, would the kids have like a grab toss to like kind of understand like what was going on, like the world that they're living in, or they just be like, this is stupid TikTok, <laughs> go back on the well, video it, games I mean, or whatever. Luckily, this this movie was made before social media because I don't think you mm-hmm. can make this movie now. I think that social media would be a big part of it, and that would change uh, how it functioned because you can't. There's not like a very organic sense of in- exploration when you have a bunch of connectivity. You... Did you just get like a? Did you just get a light bulb like above your head for like a movie idea? Is there a social uh... media zombie film? There's uh there's one that I watched uh, semi recently called Alive. Uh, it's a South Korean zombie movie, and it's about like a live streamer who they don't explore the social media aspect of it, unfortunately, as much as I thought they should have. But social media is part of it, like him reaching out to his followers and everything, and that's how they're rescuing people is based on social media, which would be bad for me because I don't have social media. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's okay. I'd be dead minute one. Minute one. I really um, like that concept. That's a really interesting concept for a film. I like that idea quite a bit. That like the you would find out about the outbreak through a live, like a live TikTok. Like that that would be an uh, interesting, or like a live viral video because you're going your video is going viral at the same time that the virus is going viral. I think that that's that's an oh, interesting. Oh, and just call it, just call it viral. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that, there's probably be... a movie called that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it, but yeah, it's. I like that concept quite a bit. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool concept. And I wish that, I hope that, uh, I don't know if they made a sequel or something. It was, it was semi recent, but, um, if they do a sequel to alive that like operates in the same timeline, I would hope that they would explore the social media part of it more because that was a very unique opportunity and they took a little bit advantage of it. Um, 
but they and a lot of zombie movies do this kind of defaulted to the tried and true oh yeah okay we know how this goes this is everybody's mm-hmm. sick everybody's running everybody's dead everybody's okay military gets um, involved and starts to have yeah. beats right yeah uh so yeah again yeah it's not bad i mean where else are you going to go like at a certain point it goes like okay we can only live in this for so long that's why i was gonna say this concept if they're gonna like rebrand it or remix it i think uh-huh. it would be much better suited if for a tv show like if they're gonna do it like 28 months later i think that'd be a much better tv show oh uh, and make it a like a TV. little anthology like, think- tv Series, like a bunch of yeah i think as a, a tv show would be much better because yeah you could follow a bunch of different characters in like different areas and because the, the world you could do is it as a rich, mini series, and zombies, yeah, yeah like and the, and the world is very rich and uh yeah if it was like chernobyl or something where it's like five or six episodes and it, you know it's done well budgeted keeps the like the grainy kind of unnerving atmosphere um yeah. but yeah like i i just that would give you an opportunity to explore a lot of stuff so in the beginning of the movie, okay, so we meet the kids. Kids are kind of indifferent about the dad. He's kind of been trying to impress them. This is the moment where I feel like if they're going to improve the movie, this is uh-huh. where you introduce Jeremy Renner. You introduce Jeremy Renner's family. You introduce Jeremy Renner's stakes. And they didn't do that. They didn't introduce mm-hmm. anything about him. We don't get to find out about his family. We don't have to really it, find out about really anything about his life. We don't know much so about I, him outside of. I thought that was really intentional because they yeah. have specifically been brought in as the military, like mm-hmm. as the, the like this is the spear point that's attacking this situation. Um, you did have a little. I mean, you, you don't. You don't not have a point. Like that's a very good point. Um. And I wish. Well, like I, he... I, I, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say I have a I, I can have a counterpoint for it too. So the the idea in the film that what like brings Jeremy Renner out of the military is that the the moment uh. where they're like you know the outbreak is happening and he has to shoot kids and he's like ah f this I don't want to be shooting kids. I I just think it would be stronger from a character perspective if we had known already that he had he had oh. a kid and. Oh, and I thought you were going to say kid that, it would have been stronger if he had been shooting more kids, only uh, kids. <laughs> just all of them, just like yeah, kids. Like, I, I was like, I was infertile, so I can't. I, like, and that would be an interesting way to do it too. Like, he was like, if he was infertile and him and his wife could never have kids, and he has kind of this like hate against the world, that'd be kind of an interesting character in that world where he's like, and then he could blanks. pilot that helicopter in the helicopter scene. It would make sense. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, yeah, okay. I, so just I, just go with me for a second, right? So he yeah. he doesn't he, in real life he has a kid, right? So he has he has this kid out, outside of his military thing. He sees uh, his own kid in, in a hallucination through his, his through his gun scope. Okay. And in military, that's kind of like a high stress moment. You could have hallucination like that, and he, and he decides right. he doesn't want to shoot the kid, right? Right before, and then you see the non-hallucination of like this. It's like a zombie, and it bites a woman or something, right? You have this graphic uh-huh. like thing. He could have saved a life if he didn't, if he wasn't having like this weird mental break, right? So yeah. he decides to put down the gun, and when now we know his motivation, we know his motivation behind why he did that. Now I know running yeah. time wise, you might not have had time to develop all these different characters, right? But I would juxtapose that. I mean, it's only the, like the black... ninety minutes long. You, I know there, there I was know. time. There. there was time there. Uh, I would on. juxtapose that with the with the helicopter pilot 
He goes, helicopter pilot, they show pictures of his family. They show pictures of yeah. his family that are like up on his helicopter. But for right. whatever reason, he's like the least empathetic guy in the whole movie. Like there's uh, scenes where he's like, uh, Jeremy Renner's calling him. They're like, hey man, we got these people come with the helicopter. He's like, I'm not bringing the helicopter anywhere near that. Like, and it And it kind of didn't sit well with me that he acted like that because you know, like, oh, see, people, I, I love that he acted like that. Um, I Cause out of, I all the people, out of all the people uh, I'd like to, that'd be, I want to hear your take on that in a second, but like I, from what I understand is like from all the people that should have empathy, who would be like, Oh, I get it. What if this was my family? I'll come get you right away. Right. Right. And he would fly the helicopter in and be like, you know, forget about the protocol or wh- whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to get this and get you out of here because I, I kind of see myself going through the same thing. Right. Um, so they developed it. They show his family and they didn't, and and none of that mattered. And then all of a sudden he was like, Oh, I want to obey the rules. I don't want to do any of this. I want to get out or whatever. So I would like to have known where that guy's family was, why he had, why he felt the way that he felt. That would have, that would have made me more satisfied as a viewer. It's, the the same thing as is his name Don, Robert Carlyle's character. I I can't remember if his name's Don or not. I feel like it's Don. Um, you know the dish detergent. <laughs> so I think the that him having a family is justification for him not going to do something unnecessary for somebody else. He sees that mm. this this situation's done. They this isn't the first time they've seen this. This is gone. Everybody knows it's gone. Everybody saw like they were shooting people in the street. They were using all their cool military code signs. They firebombed everything. They were he was safe and he he has stakes. He has a family. He doesn't need to go into a bad place, risk everything, risk his family for you know a chance for what for these four, saving for people. These four people. Yeah, for these like four people, right? Especially when there's an alternative, because he does still meet them. He, it's not like he's like, nope, not doing that. I have a sandwich to eat, and I'm going to eat it in peace. He's like, why don't you go somewhere else? So, I wouldn't say that he doesn't have empathy. I would say that he has measured empathy, and I would mm. say that he's very like that was pretty wise risk assessment, to be honest. Um, yeah, all of them seem to have that. And that's something that's that's really strong in this movie uh, is very, you know, kind of cold pragmatism where it's so good that the kids could potentially have a cure. And that's the motivating factor for it, because it makes everybody's actions so strong. It makes Rose Byrne, my girl. Rose Burns actions so strong. It makes Jeremy Renner's actions so strong. Everybody's like, "Oh, we're being we're not being selfless or we're not being blindlessly selfless. We're we're not like, "Uh, oh, you know, uh here you take my seat on this uh boat. I'll do my best." It's it's a, "Oh, this is for survival." This is all for the greater good. Everybody's taking actions for the greater good. The dad at the beginning leaves a wife to save himself to um, help his children down the road and see his family. Um, Idris Elba blows up the city because that makes sense to contain the virus. Uh, And then they mop it up, you know? Um, 
I think everybody makes pretty good decisions overall. And there are, there mm-hmm. weren't too many that I can recall that left me scratching my head that were like, well, I wonder why you did that. Um, the, uh, like the, the only one would be, I think, uh, Robert Carlisle going straight for a tongue, a tongue peck. That was a little yeah. weird. On a zombie. Like it was like, I, I, that was grossed out by that quite a bit. Well, uh, like, but again, you know what? Or you don't know it. It's still a little weird. Like, let's just yeah. go for it. That's but a, again, like, imagine that you hadn't seen your, like, the love of your life for whatever, like, for forever. And you, you, yeah. you thought she was dead. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you show how much you love her when she's like strapped so, to a gurney. I don't okay, know. Right. Be like- so, so, you know, as, as somebody in, in a relationship, imagining my significant other in that situation, you go in, you haven't seen her for such a long time. You know, you're so happy. It's been, it's been half a year or, you know, what a month you said. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's been half a year and, <laughs> You, you walk into the room and you see her and there's all these emotions going everywhere. How do you express your love? Nice little blood test. Nice little romantic oh. blood test. That's what I was thinking you, you, get like a t- you get a tattoo. You get a tattoo together. <laughs> nah, nah. You, you have a nice candle lit blood test and see what she's working with. Because this entire thing is a pandemic. It's not. They do it in everything else. You know, they they do it in comic books. They do it in movies. They do it in books. Everybody's always testing blood. That's that's the only time where I was like, this is a hmm. OK, sure. That, um, yeah. Leaps in logic right there. Yeah. You know, you don't like my tattoo idea. They don't want to sit together. They could do that. They could do that. You know, they could do the thing that um, who was that Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton did in like the 90s where they were wearing their blood around the necks. Do that segues mm-hmm. into the blood test. <laughs> it's perfect. Safety just writes itself. Um, All right. So. We, we've yeah. covered a lot of this movie uh, from plots. All, I want to get into my zeros. All right, these are these are parts that I had that I. Uh, well, we have to talk with. about we have to talk about one scene first, okay. uh, which is the one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Like it's a, it's definitely up there. Um, Jeremy Renner uh, sacrificing himself to get the car going and get the kids out. And this oh, is this is I kind of forgot about the scene. I like that scene quite a bit. That was pretty it's cool. Very the way it was good. shot. The, oh. the way it was shot was pretty cool. It's so the smoke, the it, it was it was a surreal scene, and I can't think of seeing very many scenes with a self-sacrifice like that. And that kind of goes in line with what we were talking about, which is um the pragmatism, right? So mm-hmm. you have this character who's like, well. I'm not a scientist. This is, I'm the only one who can push the car. These kids need to get to safety because they are the most important thing. And Rose Byrne, my girl, had such a good, I used to have such a big crush on Rose Byrne. Still do, sure. Um, She had such a good conversation with Jeremy Renner where, oh God, I can't, the acting in it is so good where she just says, you need to understand that these are the most important thing on the planet right now. 
these kids are the most important thing. And he understands that. And that scene with them with no, uh, you can tell they actually shot it in a car, which is really good because it feels very close, right? Yeah, like very uh, close. The, the, like the, they shot it, probably the, shot it on handy cams. Yeah. The, the, um, oh, that's a good point. Um, the, the microphone quality is perfect for it. The lack of ambient sound is perfect for it. You can hear their breathing, you can see their panic. And all of the like, all of the pieces just really line up, and uh, that might be my favorite scene. Either that or the between that and the intro, I think I like that one better. I think I like the flamethrower scene better um, because there's no big hurrah explosion thing. He just like silently, you know, burns in the distance, and then you're back to running. Um, very good scene. That's the that's the last one I really wanted to talk about. That scene is cool. I was a big fan of that scene as well. I didn't think they would use gas. I was kind of shocked that they would use gas to take out zombies. I thought that that was something that was like, oh, let's burn them. Like I didn't. Uh, I just well, felt like that was like them. a wasted. St- I know. I just felt like that was like a wasted step. Like it was like, let's just cut to the burning. Why do we need? The, why do we need to gas them? Like I don't understand. Like, it was probably burning. Like I didn't. It, it was probably. I would say more uh, representative of how seriously the military were taking the situation because mm-hmm. which is really refreshing in a zombie movie because normally normally the zombie movie approach is ah someone infected got into the city it'll take care of itself don't worry about it i'm going to tell my two friends and maybe they'll tell someone maybe they don't it'll it'll sort itself out and then the whole city's burning down and they're like eh? whereas in this they they think the uh, my favorite approach in any cinema ever is um do you did you see the um first live action teenage mutant ninja turtles movie oh yeah yeah it's produced we by could, uh, jim henson huge fan we could, do, we could do that on on this to be honest with you but um yeah it's the, an interesting movie my favorite uh my favorite moment in that and like a top 10 cinematic moment for me is when the shredder the villain of the movie hears about his potential problem. And normally, especially for like a comic book cartoon villain like this, normally you do the, the Avengers thing where like the villain hears, Oh, the Avengers are at the door. Eh, send one guy. And then that guy <laughs> dead. And then he's like, send another guy. And then, you know, they fight their way to the throne room. Shredder's like, did you just say there are turtles in the sewers uh, that are the size of people? And the foot dude's like, yes. And he's like, we're sending everybody. And he, he basically wins in that situation. Like it's by, you know, unknown forces that they, that they get out of that situation. But he was like, no, we're not dealing with this. This isn't going to happen again. I'm solving my problem now. And in with tremendous force. And that was really cool thing in this movie where they were just like, oh, it's out of control. Burn the city. And mm-hmm. not like a, oh, God, but what about the survivors? Oh, how can we? And it's like, no, the world's going to collapse. We're burning the city. It's not. There's mm-hmm. no option. Um, yeah. Well, because so, they'd already been through it, too, which I also thought was like an interesting way to approach a movie like this, because you're like, we, we already had this. We already fixed it and we screwed it up again. So yeah. we're like. This is the, which is also part of, I'll get into my zeros for that, but that's, <laughs> I, liked that. I, liked, I liked you can do that, that one like, day. 
I like that that was like, they're, yeah, they're like, dude, pull the plug. We're good. We've already fixed this. Like, I don't want to deal with this crap. This problem needs to stop happening. Like, and that was yeah. like, all right, we're going to do drastic steps to make that happen. Uh, I'll just, Alba seemed like it, I uh, had problems with him being casted. But there was, that was just something that like, all right, we're he just going to end it. Oh, I love, I loved him as an actor. So one of my, all right, I'll just talk to, since we're on the subject of Aldous Alba. I love Aldous Alba. I love him in everything. He's one of my favorites. I love him to see him. I like to see him in Luther. He's like Alush. Like I like I like him. I think he's a great actor. There are you see several movies. Great in that. Uh, I have not. I've not seen that movie. Um, I need to watch the Luther movie that's on. Uh, I think it's on Netflix because I uh-huh. I watched the TV show. Big fan. Um, but I get irritated when they cast him and they give him nothing to do except like three or four lines. And I'll give you an example. Like Prometheus was like this. He's the captain in Prometheus. And he yeah. doesn't really get to do a bunch. And that uh-huh. irritates me because he's a very good actor. And this movie is the same. Yeah. Where they could have casted anybody to play that role. They could have literally anybody could have played Idris Alba's character. I don't yeah. know. I was trying to think of like if Idris Alba wasn't hot at the time. And this was like he one was of his early. He was definitely years. not. He was Yeah, he was this not. is one of his. So, so this he was one of his really weird roles, right? He had a very weird career because okay. he was popular from The Wire, but it wasn't until like they re-aired The Wire that he just exploded and was in Marvel mm-hmm. movies. Um, he wasn't because when I saw that movie in theaters, I wasn't like, I know that guy. I was just like, and that is the head of the military. Mm-hmm. That's all I thought. I didn't even. Yeah, he's well he casted. I just was like, I, I the only thing that gave me like justification for his sort of getting back seated like as like a supporting role was that it was like, oh, he must have not been as famous at the time. That was kind of Correct. my yeah was my like attitude behind that because since then, like he'd be headlining this movie, like he'd be like 100%. one of the reasons why people sit down and watch it. Um, You'd certainly see pictures of his family. Hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh man, and same thing with Jeremy. Jeremy Renner to some extent too. He was also this probably earlier and had that guy's career also. Uh, uh, this, this, this was uh, pre. What was that? Um, Hurt Locker, right? It's pre Hurt Locker. Locker, yeah. Pre Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. Okay. Yeah, because if it's pre Hurt Locker, he's great in this movie. That would have been this would probably been his breakout role then for for that. But yeah, I was irritated at the casting, and the only thing that let me like justify it I was like, oh, he must have not been as famous. That's the only thing I, I can give it to. I was like, okay. I mean, Rose Byrne was great in the world. Rose Byrne, Jeremy Renner, Imogen Poots, and Idris Elba were not famous. Robert Carlyle was definitely the most famous person in the movie. Gotcha. Um, okay. I say definitely, but give me like an eighty percent on that. I'm, I'm. Well, maybe like, maybe like, but, uh, like famous in like Britain and stuff. Like he was, he's a big time actor, probably overseas, right over there. Like, is that like? Oh, a, for, for sure. But I mean, I think as far as like build i think he would be top or first build in this i think yeah but i think these type of movies and Cillian and murphy to some extent too they benefit from not name actors i would not want to see a movie like this with like matt damon at the like the level of fame that he's at right now i just wouldn't want to watch that movie so i uh boy it's tricky and it's where i wish that you didn't need to make art a business uh i think every movie would benefit without having name like recognizable mm-hmm. talent. Um, yeah. That's where you get like my favorite actors, like uh, Tom Hardy is uh, one of my favorite actors. He, he's probably my favorite actor right now. Um, 
you get people who are really good at blending into a role where you don't say, oh, there's Tom Hardy. Um, you'd see I feel that way whatever. About yeah, yeah, Christian yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, for me. same type, yeah. same type. Uh, where it's not a Matthew McConaughey, Leonardo DiCaprio, where it's like, oh, you're you're, you're a good actor, but boy, do I know that face. Um, mm-hmm. And luckily, Tom Hardy has been able to keep his um, ability to blend into a role really well. Joaquin Phoenix is like that too. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think looking at it back then was really good because they're you know they weren't big names um but looking at it now you're like oh my god yeah i got irritated i was like oh wait a second i i had to kind of slow my roll and then be like oh wait this is uh <laughs> this movie came out a long time ago it's not it's 2023 he's, he's not a star <laughs> like dude just so, so, let's go, <laughs> so let's go into because the, I'm, most of the rest of the movie is pretty by the book zombie stuff mm-hmm. uh they managed to get the kids out they have a really cool shot of them going into that stadium where the helicopter is and uh, they get away which i like that they weren't being chased to the helicopter the whole time. yeah that was so, really cool that they just walked I'll give up you to it. And then, a few more of the zeros, right? You want to know? Yeah, I was going to say, let's get, into it. let's get into it. Okay, so one of the things, all right, so one of them was Aegis Alba, but that was kind of a kind of a nitpick, right? So one of the things I really didn't like um, was that, like, given the gravitas of the situation and how aggressive these zombies were, like, I didn't understand, like, how loosey-goosey the safety protocol was for, like, letting the the kids out of the quarantine zone like they were just like i remember then watching the movie there's like a particular scene where they watch the kids go out of the zone one of the guys sees them on a sniper rifle and he's like hey kids are leaving the zone and then it's basically like the reaction on from like hq is like tight <laughs> like they don't, yeah, they don't care yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, they just let them do whatever you know and that and it's like okay if that didn't happen the movie the rest of the movie doesn't get to happen and that, that, yeah, that made I, it, but it was like, that felt really unrealistic to me because like, okay, we don't know what's out there. And then yeah, gonna... I, I do, I, do I, I agree with you. I do think that is very unrealistic. I also can understand that's what, like within my capacity for suspension and disbelief because it has been 28 weeks and who knows how, I'm sure at some point, I can't remember the exact scene, but I'm sure at some point somebody recognizes the last time there was an infected presence. So I do think that it is silly that the military let them run. And they were just like, like they probably got scooters out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're fine. Are they wearing helmets? Okay. To have them be done before sundown. (laughs) Uh, I I, I think it's, um, I, I do. You're, you're correct. I totally agree with you. I think that was a little bit of a, um, a and then, bit. I, I and then this is more realistic, but I I didn't really understand what the safety protocol was for like letting people back into the quarantine zones. It was like they just let the mom in, like they know. And this is where I wish they had kind of established a little bit more. They kind of did it. They talked about the kids' like eyes being different colors. I kind yeah. of wish that they had talked a little bit more about the potential for a cure and 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 kind of like spelled it out a little bit more that that kid was important and that the mom was important because they let the mom back into the quarantine zone and you're like that woman is bit you could clearly see that she's 
she's not right. Like, and she looked all like haggard and jacked up. She looked like a zombie. Like she looked like living dead. Right. So the idea was like, Oh, they're just going to let her back in and they're going to let anybody go visit her. It just seemed like, what is going on? Like with the protocol, like they're just like, whatever, like, um, so that I have a, Oh, that I have a little, I have a little less. So I have a problem with that for a different reason than you do. Uh, one, okay. they they didn't let anybody see her. They only let the top dog chief of security see her, right? Mm. And he had cle- my understanding is he had clearance higher than anybody who had already seen her. So, you know, it's like if you, I, I mean, um, the president can see the test scores, right? Like it's sure. it's yeah, a. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, as far as her not being under watch 24-7 is very strange. Mm-hmm. Her, because they weren't just like, oh, hey, you were from outside. Hey, have a life in here. There, here's your family. We, have some, op- we yeah. have some openings for, for book reading where you can be with all the children uh, before Jeremy Renner shoots them. It's, it's a... Um, it's not like it's not like an outrageous situation where she's just seamlessly reintegrated. Like she is still strapped to a table. Now, um, the timing was very silly. The fact that, like physically, their placements were very silly too. It was funny that they were like, "Okay, so quarantine's on the east wing of this of this facility. I'm gonna get the blood from her." Because I believe Rose Byrne does talk about the fact that she's infected and it could become mm-hmm. a cure. I'm going to walk the blood sample two miles away to where I'm going to analyze it. So Robert Carlyle has enough time to get frisky with the woman who's strapped to the table. Like that, that was a little silly that they weren't just like, oh, this is we haven't seen an infected in how many months? This should be a priority. Like I think it's right. I think it's a little weird that she was just unguarded, but whatever. They needed they needed some clear oversight. Um, yeah, there it, needs it, to be like armed guards happening. I would have thought that like all of it would be under like video surveillance. There'd be like the woman, like the lab, would be right next to where she was at because it's like clearly this we're testing the stuff as it comes in the door. Like all of the lab it, not next to the entrance. Her, yeah. her her character note, like her biggest quality, was security flaw. That's that's mm-hmm. her name was Stacy Security Flaw and right. a kid got in at the intro, her kids got out to to find her and she started the infection. So that's basically her <laughs> her purpose is to, is to goof stuff up, you know, yeah. spray the spray the spray and on the security cameras so everybody else um, can And that being said, like more like to your point, like I feel like if that was to happen, like if she got bit or like he bites her, she he gets infected, he bites her, he kills her. That room would be locked down. They would not leave that room alive. Those zombies they would not have escaped. That seemed super unrealistic to me. Uh, like it just was like, what's going? On? I was watching this movie, going like, what's going on with the security in this place? They're just kind of doing like whatever, just like super like a days ago, like yeah, it's just fine. Yeah, it's, it's security you know, like, by Starbucks, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just like whatever. It's like I just got like a. I don't even really work here. I don't even have a gun. It's got like a radio. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. Even... I mean, it, that maybe this is justifies Robert Carlyle being the uh, head of like super turbo chief of security. They'll just take it. Right. I mean, and they, they did kind of establish 
did, I mean, to give the movie some credit, they did kind of establish, like, with Jeremy Renner's character, that uh-huh. the the general vibe in the quarantine zone is that we got this taken care of. Things are good. Yeah. We can kind of chill out a little bit. We can watch the people have sex in the hotel rooms. What's on the TV yeah. tonight, I think, was the line that he said. And it kind uh-huh. of had this general, like, vibe that this was over. We don't. We can kind of chill out a little bit. This is an easy gig, right? We're we're just basically kind of killing the clock right now, right? We're just, yeah, just waiting for the next. Which was assignment. a very good scene. Like that was a very yeah. effective scene for what it needed to do. And I felt like that that might now I might be giving you know the movie not enough credit in the terms of like the, the general vibe, but the security was lax because they're like, well, we we got all the zombies. We haven't seen them infected, like you said, we haven't seen them infected for a while. But it's fine, you know. Put the you know upgrade that, upgrade to pistols, you guys. So I, 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 uh, I think you are being very fair in your criticism because uh, <laughs> the we haven't seen infected in years works maybe as a justification to not shoot the kids as soon as they leave the first time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't explain why there is a provably infected person alone is strapped to a table yeah like that's there should be something going on there i'm sure somebody Mm -hmm. was getting somebody's lunch order or coffee or on a bathroom (laughs) break and they should they should have been posted watching the zombie lady like so you're saying that like she came in at like the wrong time. She came in at like the hours of like twelve thirty to about two, and just people are just out. Of, like there, the cafeteria. Like I don't. There was just some somebody was doing something. <laughs> like that, that should have been guarded. You know, there's no reason at all. The first infected person, like even even if you were going to say, oh, well, they didn't they didn't test her blood until way later and find out she was infected. If it's a suspicion, if you're giving somebody a blood test, you don't be like, hey, I think that guy killed someone. Eh, just let him do his thing and we'll, we'll tell him if he did it when we prove it. It's like, oh, no, we need to arrest him until we can uh, say that this is safe. With this, they should have been like, hey, I think uh, she's a zombie. Let's test her blood. Uh, look at her while you're doing it like mm-hmm. there's so many reasons she should have had a guard one for all those freaking reasons i just mentioned two because observationally scientifically you should be watching this person like mm-hmm. they've been alive in an attic in an infected zone for how long eating freaking rotten beans and we're going to test her blood we should observe her but you know, and, and turn off all the like, lights in the hallway. The, the, the just in case, in. like let's just put a guard on her, just just in case. Like why? There's you know, like, no just, just reason to, not to. There's yeah, just no a, just in case. To. All right, so here's the scene I want to add in that would be to add okay. some like brevity into this movie. Okay, so like let's go with it. It's it's lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> One of the guards comes in. He's just like just a. A guy sitting at the lunch table with like a ham sandwich and like his butt no, no, no. crack like, sticking out like in Mars in, Attacks. He comes in, he's got he's got all their lunch orders and he's got them all piled on like a tray. He's like he's like he's expecting to walk into the lab and like things are gonna be normal, but he's like he's like, All right, he comes walking to the lab, he's like, Sorry guys, like they I said no mustard, but they put mustard on anyways. Then he like looks up in the whole lab that they're all dead. <laughs> 
And he's like, what the fuck happened? And then all of a sudden, you know, like, if the you... zombie's like behind the door and it bites him in the neck and he drops all the sandwiches. And then it was like, oh, they were on lunch. Okay, it makes a lot more you, sense you... now. <laughs> so I know you're saying that in kind of like a joking way, but I'll bet you could fit that in there. I'll right? bet you could <laughs> yeah. do that. You put the right like green, blue, like dark filter on that and the guy mm-hmm. like comes kind of bumbling in and that could be funny and scary at the same time he's like you guys i got tuna i know you guys don't like tuna i also have i got uh, i got some peanut butter and i got like a, a couple of you guys and i for you vegans you know i got a salad and he just was like where's it, where's he pro- i mean he probably <laughs> wouldn't do a whole bit he probably wouldn't go through like it just comes in with like a scroll with like all of the the employees that aren't there all of their orders and he's like i have four roast beef sandwiches like i don't think he would do that he'd probably be like hey they were all out of and then you know he would probably get attacked or something right um, yeah i was like, if this was 2023 he would have like their instacart orders and he's coming <laughs> yeah uh, i got you guys at starbucks uh is he guys rodrigo is this for rodrigo the, the white chocolate mocha they uh they ran out of soy milk dude i got had to go with almond oh god like <laughs> yeah uh so okay okay so what are your what are your other what are your other zeros all right uh so um the very last one and then you mentioned this earlier was the dad and his Resident Evil video game, Mr. X, constant reappearances. Oh, uh, yeah. For no reason. And that I thought that, that was more, I thought it was more silly. That took me more out of the movie than the helicopter scene killing all the zombies. Like, um, yeah. the, the biggest reason is because they made a really big deal out of them escaping that city in a car. And they were like, okay, we made it across the field, we made it across this car, now we're in like the sewers, or we're in like the, we're in the underground, we're in the subway. And yeah. it took us, so we all almost died, like, we we're like half the group that we were by the time that we got here. Right? Right. And then that kid looks up, and then the dad is there, and they're like, did he run out of the city? Did he beat the, like, the smoke? Did he beat the carpet bombing? <laughs> like, what? Did, where, so, where did he come from? Like, how did that... It was just like it's, there. There are a lot of questions about that uh, that anybody could have very reasonably. Mm. I would say that the main thing that gave him the intelligence and awareness to follow his kids was because he became a zombie out of love. <laughs> no, it's super stupid. I have no idea why they put that in there. That's so freaking Sound dumb. It, it was very like the whole movie was just great. And it, it, it was to the point where I didn't even remember that until we started talking about it. And mm. I, because I guess my mind blocks out intense trauma like this, these scenes, every time I saw him like just snarling off in the background, I was like, like, what, what do you, yeah. it For how good the movie is, like especially the, how strong the beginning is they're like whose idea because there's three guys that wrote this right it was three writers yeah they did have a lot the, of writers the three of them like who's like let's keep this idea around you know like uh, how many rewrites do we gotta do to like keep that right like that idea is still floating around like how about this like they survived the carpet bombing they survived the car they survived the gas jeremy Renner's dead at this point they sort like i think one of the rose burns almost dead like the whole like the movie is wrapping up. Dad's still alive somehow. Still zombied out. Still figured out a way to stumble his way into wherever they were at. 
miles away, like probably at least a good 20 miles and away. And he's, he's tracking them. He's like freaking Michael Myers. Like he's yeah. stalking them. It's very mm-hmm. weird. The only thing I could say is like, well, now he kills Rose Byrne with a, it's not my favorite kill via night vision uh, moment, but it's kind of interesting that it shows you the perspective of the camera on the gun as she's being killed. And you know Mm. that it is in total darkness and nobody can see anything like that's pretty, that's pretty unique. Is it as good as wreck? Is it as good as silence of the lambs? No, but it's, it's at Mm. least kind of like a unique fun. That's like a popcorn movie moment to me at least mm-hmm. um yeah well if you think about the character of, okay so from a character yeah perspective it like who I'm robert carlisle yeah i'm trying to think of like devil's advocate with the movie okay just, i'll, t- just I'll tell you his character perspective <laughs> like that's the, that's his character's perspective like there isn't a, like you could talk about mutations, you could talk about whatever all you want, but he has been like a viciously attacking people all the time. And like, if he's going to kill his wife in that state, he's going to kill his kids in that state, in my opinion. Right. His character arc should have ended when he killed the wife, when he became a zombie. That's but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that like, there was a i think what the movie was trying to do albeit very poorly was trying to sort of build a bridge between like just caring about the dad still as like in like a human state and having a hard time like letting go that now he's like a zombie like i i as i feel like that was the same thing that that he did to the wife when she was a zombie he had a hard time like letting go of the humanity aspect of it and like Uh now realizing that they're just she's just an animal that you know is super infected and like you know they were not really close to the dad and so that's part of one of the reasons i thought it was dumb too was like they don't even like this guy they're constantly like every time he talks they're like rolling their eyes they're like whatever dad I, games. Like, I, I assume <laughs> they were they wanted to jump on that hotel room bed you you remember that yeah. scene. they freaking love that thing um it was I th- what my assumption was um, is that like it's showing how much he cares about his family. Mm-hmm. I happen to think that's very silly. Uh, I think they could have easily done it with not as like not like a super memorable scene, I guess, but him like looking through the glass at his kids as he turned into a zombie, I think would have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Um or him finding them and like having a moment where he freezes, but they do that in every freaking zombie movie. Um, Like it was pretty realistic. The scene where they're like all running away and the kids like hiding in the the vent and he's trying to escape from the mob. I think, and I think he sees the dad in the, he sees the dad in the mob. Right. And that, that, that's, that's it. That's where it should. should I think he sees his dad before the mob. Yeah, because it had like very moment. Like, there's several moments where they could have wrapped that up like really yeah. well, and they were yeah. just they just missed that landing so many times. You're like, All right, maybe he got paid again. a bunch, and they were like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. you still got it. You still got to work." And he's like, you know, with his accent, he's like, oh, I, 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 I'm not adding anything." And they're like, "We paid you." 
yeah, you show up, all right? You're on the call sheet. He's like, I'm on the call sheet? Like, I've been dead for, like, we've been shooting I don't. I don't have any dialogue. You, good news, you have 15 minutes of film left. Uh, yeah, that, I, I didn't, I didn't really like that. Maybe it's something that's going over my head that I missed, but I thought it was very silly. I agree with you that his arc should have ended it, like, he was the chief of security at that point. He had finally seen his wife. He stopped his ways of pragmatic thinking and he became the actual person to spread, you know, the zombie mm-hmm. stuff. I agree with you. Yeah. I don't that movie it made it more like a B movie thing. Like there's just a couple of them. Yeah, that moment, it was, the helicopter yeah. moment made it like lean into any, more like B movie. Anytime in a movie, unless it's like super tongue in cheek, anytime you're looking at a character, you look away, you look back and you don't see them run away or the audience don't see them run away or it's like, you know, like a ninja thing. I think yeah. it's very silly or it's, it's Batman. Yeah. It would make sense, <laughs> right. yeah. Like it would make sense if it was Batman, but otherwise right. it's it's like, okay. Um, did you have any other, any other zeros? No, I mean, I, that, that's it. Like I, I just, I praise the movie quite a bit. I, I think the movie had an incredibly strong beginning. I think it kind of had a pretty steep cliff face. Uh, you brought up some really good stuff though, that I kind of forgot about, but I, I liked the movie at the beginning. And then once the military kind of thing got involved, I kind of lost interest because it became kind of by the numbers thing where they're like, Oh, there's a cure. And it just became like a bunch of movies I'd seen already. Movies that have yeah. already had come out, you know, and like video games I'd already played and very like, yeah. Resident Evil y. Uh, so I just was kind of like, eh, like the, what was interesting to me was the beginning. And once that happened, like, eh, I just kind of was like, ah, oh, it's a zombie movie. But I really liked the beginning. And um, I, I gave the, the big hero for the movie that I, and I, the reason why I hope they make a sequel um, or make a miniseries or whatever they decide to do with the property is because I think they nail. They do, they do such a good job of, like, bringing zombies outside of the couple moments that we talked about. They do a really good job of, like, bringing zombies into, like, real life. And I think that, like, especially yeah. with the pandemic, I think now is the best time. I think that's why The Last of Us hit so well is because of the pandemic, we all kind of remember what it was like. This would be a good movie in this moment. Uh, and I think tonally, one of the biggest heroes that I have was, like, tonally this movie kills it. I like you just feel that dread that moment of like if i step outside i'm dead like those zombies are gonna chase yeah. me down i'm done you know like um and so that's why i i really liked it like i i liked i mean of course it has its problems but there's there's a good there's a good movie in there somewhere if they you know oh yeah i i think i i think they could definitely do more with it because of how realistically they've handled everything so far um mm-hmm. the they do they do like weird stuff really weird stuff where it's like oh yes the the, like the girl in the first one took drugs and now she can lift herself uh, by her fingertips onto the back of a mirror while you know the 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 bike courier is doing superhero stuff and uh killing all of the soldiers like that's silly in this one, mm-hmm. Mr. X chasing around his children uh, uh, faster right. than cars move is silly. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like, at the end of the day, I do think it's probably the most palatable 
version of zombies, most plausible version of zombies. And and yeah. I agree with you. Uh, my zeros, I guess we already kind of talked about, huh? Um, I yeah, just that helicopter scene in the Mister X thing, <laughs> and like the security. Not enough region. Rose Byrne. She should have survived. Oh God, there there has yet to be a movie that has enough Rose Byrne. I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. It doesn't exist. And that includes what what what's that comedy that she did that was surprisingly good? Uh, Bridesmaids. Like, yeah, she's great in Bridesmaids. Yeah, the, she's very good in Bridesmaids. She yeah. was in that a lot. Not enough. <laughs> All right, I'm going to wrap us up for you. Is that is that is that cool? You, we were uh, sure. Uh, well, I did want to kind of go through some of the other stuff, um, okay. like scenes that I would add. I know I mentioned. Sure, sure, about, like, I know I, I, I mentioned the Jeremy Renner thing. I didn't hear what you wanted to say about that. I'd be interested to see, hear what you have to say about that. Oh, it was it was the the education thing. I really no, wanted okay. to see. I, I wanted to see um, what they were going to do for those kids to give them a life in the new world. I think that would have been a very, it's a bit of an ambitious ask, I would say, because you would say, hey, it's hard enough to realistically handle a hypothetical situation like this. Let's do a solution that you've actually planned out. That's a tough question to ask, I think, uh, any creative team to do. Because you would have to say, okay, well, what's their classroom going to look like? Okay, well, how are they going to get back into the city? And are they systematically going to move back? Let's see. Like, I think it would be cool if we had seen some families trying to move back into old buildings and them slowly expanding like that region of safety. But I'm happy with what we got. I just wish we would have seen one day of the kids living a normal life to show kind of the highlights of the new world that they were trying to to build see and that's again like you could wrap jeremy renner's backstory into that with the with the yeah other, easily with his family easily. they could be in school he could you know, oh you could have him do a freaking apartment. skype call very yeah, easy yeah. or a phone call that, or a freaking a write a letter did they, have, did they have skype in the they had skype back then right we had skype do we have skype then? uh yeah. i don't know i, I, I don't know I'm not. I'm not sure. I they. I think this movie was shot on like tissue paper and candle. So mm. uh, I, I'm not. I'm not really sure. But yeah, they, he could have had a Skype call. He could have had a normal call. Could have written a letter. Um, they could have shown the changing of troops in places. It was a very condensed time period, and I wish there had been just a, a day where you see the kids are in the city. And they want to be in the city and explore the city instead of just like, ah, we're here in the shiny new buildings. Let's leave. You know, yeah. like the first thing you want to do when you get to Disneyland isn't leave Disneyland. Uh, not that this is Disneyland for them, but it's probably pretty close because of the because I bet. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. They got like what I described COVID as is for a lot of kids and stuff. It was like. Endless Saturdays, and you basically you're going to say endless Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, endless Saturdays where you just can do whatever you want for a long time, and they had a hard time getting kids to go back to school because of the pandemic. Like that would have been interesting. I mean, now you would have you'd have kind of a better model for it because we've actually seen what it looks like in real life with like kids not wanting to do school. They're like yeah. school. There's zombies outside. You think I'm gonna learn how to yeah. learn phonics? Like, 
I'm gonna learn new math and like <laughs> <laughs> they changed um, numbers after yeah, zombie. Like, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, you think the number three matters anymore? <laughs> like I'm gonna do Common Core math and there's zombies outside. Like get out of here. So I yeah I I think that they would have a realistic way to 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 show it now. You know, and I, I don't think it's too much to ask to have a, a scene where they show a school, you know, that's like, you know, you've played, uh, you've played movie like games like Dying Light, right? Where it's like the whole, the hub of where they're at, like the different floors turn into different things, right? So you could have like a floor where they have a school and a lot of the rooms are classrooms yeah. and they have, you know, they have like, they, they don't have a lot of kids. They're not going to be able to serve a lot of kids, but they could have, you know, 20 or so kids in each room, you know, and like they're all different grades. Like here's, here's like a eighth grade, seventh grade, whatever. And they're trying, they're trying. It's not, it's not, it's like, it's piecemeal, but they're trying. And all you have to do is just take us a, a lap, just like a quick lap. Again, Jeremy yeah. Renner drops his kids off. He drops the, he, he, you know, takes the elevator to the 10th floor. He, maybe he lives on the fifth, right? Ted drops his kid off at the school that you could see the classroom. You could see the reestablishment. You could see, you know, through the window of the of the school classroom, you could see buildings still smoking. You could still see the sort of apocalyptic world that they live in. But in this room, they still put up their backpacks. They still put up. You could still see, you know, the the paintings of like the handprints on yeah. the wall. Uh, you could still see like the kids' little projects of innocence throughout. And I think that that's actually would be really kind of sort of a creepy scene too, because you're like here's a return to sort of normalcy, even though we live in this weird world. Right. Yeah. I've always kind it's, of, it's a very interesting, weird. like that's a, that's a very interesting point is having that room where, you know, the, the world didn't crumble outside. That's, that's a very interesting mm-hmm. uh, idea. You could do that with, I mean, you could do that. They do that with movies in like, like wartime all the time. Mm-hmm. Or um, I mean, recently they did it in an episode of uh, the last of us where it's like, they have, the movie theater. Um, They have, I mean, they do that kind of stuff in like apocalypse now has a very famous, like uh, um, concert scene, which is what they always used to do. So yeah, I think that, I think that would overall be very good. You could add like 10 minutes to the movie and it would continue that kind of, as you, as you put it, character study time before they have to get to the the fact that it is a zombie movie. I would be very curious to see what it looked like now. <sighs> the so pre-pandemic uh like pre-covid if you had asked me like franchises that I wanted to see more than anything, it would be the continuation of this franchise. Now I feel like it would focus too much on people fighting one another. I think that would happen mm. way too much and it would seem it would come across as really heavy handed and it's and that that would just be that dumb message that it's like people didn't get along during Corona. And I worry that would that would, you know, come across really strong, but maybe it wouldn't because they did they did make such good films. Yeah, The Walking Dead yeah. is that too. Like The Walking Dead really kind of tackled that, and and to luckily extent, they have the, the comic book. Kind of, yeah, the last the, the the Last of Us kind of did that a little bit too. To yeah. last extent, of, like, yeah. terrific game, very good game. Um, but yeah, I, other, I'm with you on that. What are, what are the other um what are the other 
little topics we have. I can't remember. Oh, uh, let me see. So the last couple ones that we have, I've got heroes and zeros. I've got like fun facts research. I've got cutting room floor. We've covered a lot of them without having to actually, yeah. without actually having to cover a lot of them. So that that that's the good thing. Um, <laughs> would you uh, would you have a way? Do you want uh, a way to get this out that you you'd like to you'd like to do? Uh, so overall, like uh. I guess since I suggested this one, I will tell you why I think it's underrated. Uh, I think it's underrated for the same reason Quantum Solace is underrated. It's a in in a world where we have so many sequels that are literally just the exact same thing with a shinier coat of paint. I think that this is a very strong second step into this mm-hmm. world. I think that. It shows a very interesting passage of time. It has so many unique concepts, even today, especially today. Not, um, uh, what, uh, it's 2023. This is not more than, this is, this is 15 years after it was, after it was released, I think. Um, it still holds up because it's so, so unique and it has a lot of memorable, moments from like a storytelling perspective it has a lot of memorable moment moments uh cinema uh, from a cinematography standpoint has very cool reactions you're not going to be yelling at your screen when people are doing things all the time um and you get to see characters be, or actors before they're famous which is which is great yeah i think this is very underrated um i agree 100 I, I, I really hope that uh you know you'll check it out yeah, I'm with you for all the same reasons. Uh, being a newbie to the series, um, I like you mentioned it earlier. You can watch the movie without having to see the first one. I think that that's one of the things that's like the movie really stands on its own. Outside of you can never watch Twenty Eight Days Later and still get enough out of this movie. Um, cheesy stuff aside, I think every movie kind of has like its moments of like that I could have been done better so sure. the only thing I had a problem with this is that there I could not find it on a single streaming service that was like I had to rent the movie that'd be the, that was like one of the biggest yeah. parts I had with it. it was like I can't why, why is this not oh not a um, single one dang yeah so I, I had to rent it it was like okay this is uh the thing but yeah I, I mean out of a lot of the movies they're making today I think it aged incredibly well and I, I, I think anybody that hasn't seen it should definitely watch it, and then they should watch them back to back. Very similar to Quantum of Souls. Um, yeah, so I, I give it a full recommendation as well. Thank you guys for listening and sticking with us. Uh, it's a little bit of a longer episode, so we appreciate you guys listening and stuff. Uh, check out the podcast here if you're listening to it on iTunes. You can also find it on Spotify and a few other platforms. Uh, if you have suggestions for stuff. Um, leave some comments and, and please rate the podcast it'll help us get in front of more people uh, eventually we will have a youtube i'm kind of waiting until we get to about episode five and i get my like youtube channel running for that so um we're about at four right now we're still kind of working out kinks uh eventually we will have that up and going um i'm hope my goal is to shoot for around episode five we'll start having like video clips of the podcast and stuff not like full episodes but like maybe like um clips i could put on youtube and, and and that way you can see what we look like so um yeah so thank you again for listening and uh we we appreciate it so uh take it easy